I'm excited to see where this these random openers go. Mm. Well, uh, Seth's gonna have to cut this. No, uh, because no, this is all perfect. This is where we're using all of this right now. <laughs> oh, this, this is where this is where the cold open starts. Yeah, we wait for Seth to walk in, and then he says, "When we last left the party." Oh, hey guys, I just made it back. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Let's roll. Nine, nine. We, we Why'd you ask? <laughs> we Are always... you the audience? <laughs> <laughs> could always start the session with a roll. See how the podcast is gonna go. Well, we need to start now. That's it with advantage. We prepare for a little bit. Well, what's your what's your performance <clears throat> modifier? No, I have open accuracy. Perfect. <laughs> That's exactly where I wanted to end up. The audience can't see it. It's a twenty. One. Yeah, it's 20, 21. Roll to 21. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. We'll start with that. <clears throat> All right, so I think let's just jump into into some talking about topics and stuff, and then by the end, we'll come up with something to wrap up. Okay, cool. But we have a D&D group. Do we? We do? Mm-hmm. Oh, tell me about it. And we have for like a couple of years now. Right. And this is this is episode one, so nothing nothing is like set in stone we don't have a good intro, and <laughs> we're sitting around three tiny stools in my bedroom. Um, but we kind of want to talk about how we got into D&D over, overall, and that all starts with Mr. Zachary Carmon. Right, right, so uh, that that's me. I. Uh... Oh yeah, I'm Seth Pittman, this is my college roommate, Zachary Carmon, and this is my new roommate, Andrew Amano. That is me. That's correct. That is our names. Uh, We've been playing D&D now for four years. 28, no, 2017. I think four years. 2017, yeah. Yeah. Four-ish years. We all play 5e, uh, and I was the the first one to drag (laughs) us all to hell. Um, So uh, I started playing in college with uh, with our mutual friend, this this tall lanky man walks lanky, over to lanky me. Lanky Eric. Yeah, lanky Eric. Uh, <laughs> uh, lanky Eric walks over to me, uh, and he says, "Hey, you guys want to play D and D?" And um, uh, I said, "Of course I do." Uh, so like at this point, uh, I had like a passing interest in playing D and I've been watching YouTube videos uh, about like D and D story time and that sort of stuff. Uh, so I thought it was going to be fucking awesome. Shit. <laughs> I right. thought it was going to be... Keep, free- it, keep yeah. it track. That's one. That's one fuck for the day. <laughs> I thought it was going to be we're freaking going, awesome. We're going We're going up a year every single sentence. Like, oh, here we go. We're, we're PG-14 now. <laughs> or is it TV-14? It's TV-14. We're, we're TV-14 now. Mm-hmm. I never understood that distinction. Where we are by the end of this. Like, you don't need parental yeah, guidance to watch TV. Well, I mean, I... You know, we can get into, into age laws all we want. <laughs> so anyway, um, Lanky Eric walks up to me. He says, you want to play D&D? Of course I do. So, I, uh... That was the coolest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't want in the first three minutes of our podcast for me to be sneezing, so just... Drew just tried to sneeze into his in his hoodie, and he made zero zero decibels of sound. Mm-hmm. Natural twenty <laughs> constitution check. That's true. Yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> oh lord. 
So uh, anyway, I played a few sessions with uh, with Lanky Eric, and then um, at, at the time I was roommates uh, with Seth. Uh, we'd been living together for like a month. Uh, this was sophomore year of college, yeah. so uh, fun times. Um, and I said, you know, I'm not really hitting it off with this guy. I want to be friends with my roommate. All we've done is play Dragon Ball Fighters together for maybe an hour. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, so I, uh, I come back to my dorm. I say, um, or you know what, maybe we uh, even discussed that I was going to play D&D before. Yeah. Um, but I was like, dude, D&D is so fun i i you know we've got a few players but uh, a couple of them are being a little flaky uh do you want to come like you know i was totally not on board either at first because i was a music major in college and i had rehearsals like every single night so right i was like there's no way i can fit D D into my schedule but i would love to um and then yeah that would that happened for like a couple a couple of weeks of like mm-hmm. being like man he's want to play D and want to do that <laughs> i want to be like him and instead i filled my void with magic the gathering so so anyway um uh, a couple weeks pass where i uh i tell seth about our D D sessions i sort of say like what's going on in the in the campaign we were running through uh lost minds of fandelver so that was my first experience like the beginner beginner stuff yep yep so um anyway uh i finally convinced seth uh Come on, let's go sit in on a session, uh, and then uh, you and Lanky Eric get mm-hmm. to talking, and he's like, yes, of course I want a new player. Yeah, and I was so into it, too. Like, after watching the session, I'm like, I, there's no way I can't, I cannot, I, I can stay out of this now, you know? I'm, You're in college, live it up, man, you know? <laughs> <laughs> live it up and play D&D with the boys. So, uh, so that's what you did um so we we rolled up a, a character for you and you yeah they were played. level two so mm-hmm. just made a quick like level two monk yep yep and i was a uh, i was a half orc paladin um i i died shortly after oh we can get into that though that was crazy <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about campaign stuff um at some point yeah our first few camp like our first few sessions were absolutely wild yep so uh stay tuned for that but um so we played for the rest of sophomore year, mm-hmm. um, and around that point, uh, we had a fairly regular group. Uh, we had lots of scheduling issues, though. Um, I was As a, you do, the yeah. worst part about D&D is mm-hmm. like, putting together schedules. <laughs> Especially in college. Uh, I was a theater major. Uh, Seth was a music major. Uh, everyone had stuff they had to do. Mm-hmm. So um, at one point, we had eight or nine people. Um, who all wanted to play at the same time, and trying to schedule mm-hmm. that was just a nightmare. So, um, we got through Lost Minds of Fandelver, and then, uh, after that, we sort of started splitting up a little bit. Uh, Seth, you tried your hand at DMing. Yeah, I DMed a, like, 11 or 12 session fully homebrew campaign, which if you're starting DMing, I'd say probably just run something from a module or something instead of, I'd ask Zach for a lot of narrative advice of being like, Oh, I just brought this into the last session. And I have no clue how it makes sense. How do we make this make sense? Yeah, well, and, you know, but... and, and I was that player who, um, at that time, I didn't know that this was sort of uh, frowned upon. Uh, but I, when I learned about all the books, uh, I started reading through the Monster uh-huh. Manual and reading through the Dungeon Master's Guide. And 
Um, so I had that sort of knowledge. So yeah, and that's just what we would do all through college. Like any time that Seth and I were in the room together, mm-hmm. which was infrequent, but like <laughs> at night, pretty much we'd just talk about. It would be like, oh, I'm back finally at 9 p.m. one night. Time to go to Zach's in the room. <laughs> Wonder what he thinks about last session. Yeah. Well, <laughs> how are we gonna deal with that wraith? Yeah. It's so. gonna kill us. But we uh, we'd formulate our plans for next session. And we talk about uh, your campaign. Yeah, I came up with a little a little campaign. It took place in like uh, my own little homebrew <laughs> setting that I wrote one city up and started running them through. Um, every session was basically like a one off. Like it, d- it definitely wasn't sequential and like a big storyline thing. Like they went on a mission every single session, wrapped up that mis- mission by the end, and then we get to the end of the campaign and I've made this entire like mega dungeon thing that they had to like go through a bunch of puzzles wise. I'd say it was very very like railroady but at the same time you know it was fun and everybody was a new player right and 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 to speak to that a little bit um i do think there's some validity when you're trying to start out Uh uh, since that's what we're we're talking about um just to to have uh you know serialized episodic uh session where if someone has to miss that week uh you're not screwed because, ah, oh, you missed this big important mm-hmm. plot moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just a bunch of friends messing around. Yeah. Um, so that's that's nice. But anyway, so we wrap out that... Uh, I mean, and it was super informal. Like, it, nothing, nothing was professional about it. We weren't scheduling everything every week. It was like, we'd like to play this day this week. But mm-hmm. if we can't, we'll figure it out. Yeah. More like nowadays, as adults who have to pay their taxes and rent, uh, we have very, very strict schedules, and it's like, <laughs> this is our one day to play D&D. Nobody fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so we'll get to uh, to where we're at now, I yeah. promise. Uh, hang in there. But but anyway, uh, Drew's been sitting here patiently. Uh, at the end of sophomore year, uh, we finally wrapped up this big arc in our campaign with Lanky Eric, um, and we all started uh, splitting off. Seth was DMing his uh, friends a little bit. I was running some one-offs on the side. And you were going into running a campaign, too. Yep, yeah, and so I decided next year I, I'm not going to homebrew. Um, I don't have time for that, but I am going to spend the summer uh, reading up on Curse of Strahd. I'm going to yeah. run that. and I did the same for Storm King's Thunder. We were like, okay, which campaign are you running? Which one am I running? Mm-hmm. Let's read separate books. Um but the whole time we were playing D&D, I was going up to Drew, who was my friend for a couple of years before this, and we were going, th- we were in a huge, like, Magic the Gathering phase, we were playing cards, like, every day, we would go to, like, the, the student center and be like, okay, we have three hours, get your cards out, and we would sit there, <laughs> uh, like dweebs, and play Magic the Gathering in the student center for hours. Um, and I was like, you gotta get into this D&D thing. I know you're super into magic, but come on. Come on, you gotta play D&D, you're gonna love it far more. And that's kind of how it started for me. I think it starts for most people, is usually you, you hear about this, mm-hmm. this D&D concept, like, what is mm-hmm. that? And for a while, I just thought it was a video game. People, <laughs> I honestly <laughs> thought it was a video game. Everyone would, would bring it up at, you know, the lunch table, or just, while we're hanging out and talking about D&D and this... I was wondering why you kept bringing your Xbox controller to the first (laughs) session. I never got to use it. It was like 18th level or so. Um, But yeah, it took a while for me to really understand what it was. Like, I assume a lot of people. Um, I went through the... It was definitely a video game thing. And okay, so it's not digital. It's definitely a board game here. So we're we're rolling something. Board game is always confusing to people, too. Absolutely. As they're like, yeah, so how how do you get... How do you win? Exactly. (laughs) But... And... 
if it wasn't a video game and it wasn't a board game, I was not grabbing the concept of what exactly was going because people were describing these these crazy it's a scenes. Netflix series, where, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it would be a movie scene. Like, yeah. they, you know, you were a, you were Schmidt a monk and you would yeah. do a backflip and kick someone across the face. Like, how did you do that? How did you see this? Was it on the screen? You know. <laughs> so it took me forever to really grasp that this was a like a virtual tabletop game. Yeah. You know, and all it was for a long time was just stories on stories of people talking about it. Uh, it took forever for me to actually sit in on a game and and see what it was. Right, which I think is a great point to uh, to bring in your first session, <laughs> <laughs> because Drew was like the epitome of a new player. You know, we all got pulled in by a DM who was a little bit experienced, who was uh, able to guide us along, mm-hmm. and who was able to like help us make our first characters, make decisions for us that make sense. And then, and, and, and what's so funny about that is we uh, we sort of like idolized him at the time, like you're the guru with we, the knowledge. I was like, if I ever ask a question, he has the answer. You yeah, know, yeah. but <laughs> he's uh, like I, my professor. I, I'm not sure if you knew this. Uh, Lanky Eric was only playing D and D for like a few months before yeah. us. Yeah, <laughs> so he, he didn't he didn't know that all, much more. All he had was what was in the Fandelver module, like uh-huh. as knowledge, and it was like he knows ever. I even said that to you at one point. Mm-hmm. I was like, man. Lanky Eric, like, he really knows everything about this game. <laughs> Do you think all new players feel that way with their first DM? I think I so. imagine as you're guided through it even, be that way. Because um, even female Eric, like, told me, told me the other day whenever we were making, <laughs> whenever we were making our, um, her character, she was like, wow, like, you, you're really good at, like, just coming up with this stuff off the top of your head and everything, and... I was like, well, no, it's more of a, I've spent a lot, like, treat these, I treat these books like test, textbooks, and I know what they say, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I can just, like, if you ask me the, the simple weapons I can choose from, I can give you a pretty comprehensive list pretty quickly. <laughs> or, like, what do you want to use? I'll make one. Even so, in the beginning, the, the first time I actually made my first character, which was Ekdon, and abusing him in a long campaign, um, <laughs> you, you would guide me through it. I think you only had a couple months of experience at that point. Yeah. And I assumed you knew everything because it's so overwhelming at first. Yeah. I don't know what the classes are. I don't know what the different races are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But we spent so much time, uh, you know, bouncing ideas Uh off of each other and, like, looking through, all right, what are the options that we have to choose? What spell was that guy using? I want it. Uh (laughs) You know? Um, So we we learned too much really quickly. Yeah. I probably learned more about D&D that year than I learned in school. I, yeah, oh, definitely, definitely learned more about D&D than school. But especially um, for me, I, I knew less than Zach did about the game. And I was like, I'm running a campaign this semester. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, man, can you can you believe the gall I had to just walk up just to people that I barely knew around the cafeteria and be like, hey, you want to play D&D? <laughs> <laughs> I imagine yeah. it's, it's the same goal as playing a uh, match at the gathering in the middle of the student center. Yeah. They're walking by asking what the cards do. <laughs> I was like, I need players now. <laughs> and so I went to people whose schedules I knew were a little more open that I kind of knew around the cafeteria. I even put stuff in group chats that I was in with like the, the RAs and stuff. And I was like, who wants to play D&D? Somebody play D&D in my campaign. I'm running a campaign every week. <laughs> you know, it is, it's way better than uh, being the guy that really wants to start a D&D group, but then just doesn't try and it, it kind of just dies off. Mm-hmm. So you made mm-hmm. it work one way or the other. Right. And, and so that's, um, we'll, we'll have some tips for, for new people starting out if, uh, if you're not, um, or if you haven't had the opportunity to play as much. Um, but 
we got lucky in a lot of ways, I will say, mm-hmm. um, just because uh, we didn't. It have didn't take to... us long to find our group. Mm-hmm. But uh, but once we uh, had a little bit of experience playing, uh, we did make our own D and D. So um, you know, moving on past sophomore year, we come back after that summer. I was DMing my own campaign. You were DMing your own campaign. Um, our mutual campaign that we were both players in sort yeah. of fizzled out. Um, but we were uh, we were taking action and and making our yeah. own D and D from there. Um, yeah, I mean, and Drew started as a 14th level player, so he had more experience than all of us to, <laughs> to go into session one. One of 14th level thief rogue, and the DM was one of our friends um, who's in our campaign now. Firefighter still. Eric. <laughs> Firefighter Eric. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> That's so good. No, he was. Uh, he's still currently playing with this uh, weekly. But it was his first time DMing, and he was like, I want to do a 14th level thing with you guys. And while it was a very fun combat experiment, I will say it didn't make, like, a ton of sense, but it was fun. Oh, absolutely. Right. It, was the, it was the first big shabam, and he, it was his first time running as well. Yeah, exactly. So. And I just sawed his dragon in half as a barbarian. <laughs> Butter churned that thing from the back. Literally. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't even think about it as, like, churning his, like, spine. Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> uh, we're, we're going up to rated R now. <laughs> no, no, no. TV 15. <laughs> what what a good session, though. I uh, I started out with the uh, the cloak of... of uh, the arachnid. The, uh, uh, a, a cloak of the arachnid, right? Uh, yeah, I think. Something I think. like that. So my first time playing, I'm running up a, a vertical He's wall. Just spider and... climbing all the time as a rogue, which is great, because now you're not in danger of anything. It's yeah. good, good first experience, knowing that I'll always be super powerful at all times. <laughs> and you'll never die in no, any never. campaign. There's, there's definitely no death at all. <laughs> you know, that, that does remind me of a, of a one-off I was playing with Lanky Eric. Um, uh, my brother, Zach's brother, Eric, uh, he, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was a, a, an assassin rogue. Um, and he just decided, yeah, uh, I'm just going to climb this brother sheer Eric. rock wall. Um, he had like you know a negative one in strength, so he he should not have any business climbing this wall. Oh, no. But there was this giant chameleon on the ceiling that we needed to get to. So anyway, uh, he rolls a natural I twenty. This. Yeah, <laughs> and he manages to climb the friggin' wall with his negative one strength on this. It, Lanky Eric really just let it let you do whatever if you got a nat 20. If you got a nat 20, you were allowed to do anything you wanted. Uh-huh. But, um, so he did. We made such bad decisions. Why did we do that? I feel like the bad decisions are what builds character. I threw my staff at this thing. <laughs> Weapon, <Yeah>. go! <laughs> That's right, because you, um, we hadn't even made it to third level yet, so you hadn't decided your, um... Your class, so you were a, a way of the four elements yeah. monk in that one. Yeah, in the one off. Yeah, good times. Anyway, we did kill the thing, but um, but it was cool. His character, uh, Varkin, the the rogue, did uh, did contribute somehow by climbing that fucking wall. <laughs> yeah, well, I even got eaten by the lizard, and then Sorry, since TV I was sixteen, since I was <laughs> way of the four <laughs> elements, eventually we'll be TV like one twenty. <laughs> <laughs> But I, since I was four elements and we didn't know how it worked, so Lanky Eric said I could just use whatever four elements abilities that were in like the thing as yeah. long as I had the key points, and so I just like burning hands my way out of it, uh, 
Fist of the Fire Snake, like, mm-hmm. um, punched it and then fell the whole distance and was able to, like, do the Featherfall Monk thing to, to land. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Featherfall was absolutely one of the coolest spells, one of my personal favorites. Mm-hmm. So, I think at this point, it's, it's easy to say that all of us were very quickly engulfed by D&D, very quickly addicted to it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's what was surprising. I had to get my hit. <laughs> I, I mean, you, you sort of mentioned before, um, you know, you were really hesitant to get into it. I think we can all agree that uh, in first hearing about Dungeons & Dragons, you're like, I'm a little nerdy, but I'm not that Yeah, I'm of. not that dude. <laughs> Um, but it's it, hard to believe that I'm sitting here wearing a robe and wizard hat right now and a monocle on my right eye. I mean, <laughs> I think it's hard to believe too. <laughs> I think I think that that stereotype, that feel of it being a geeky thing, is part of the introduction to the game. You kind of have to accept it or, or go through the phases of knowing that you're you're a geek yeah. playing D anD D. Right, know? but um, it is more widespread now. Um, yeah, much more since we, like, when we first started, that was when, what, Critical Role was, like, first starting to take off and mm-hmm. stuff, right? And, uh, and, so, and it was in Stranger Things. Yeah, and uh, it was in Stranger Things a lot. So then, then since that, that, like, 2016, 17 time frame is when it started to, like, start really picking up steam. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'd say it's almost at, like, where, ga- like, where, like, gaming was when we were kids, you know, where everybody yeah. was like, oh, ga- like, you can game, I guess, but now everybody does it. I'd say D and D is like where that is now. It's like in the, in that point where not many, like not everybody does it. Not everybody you know does it, but everybody wants to do it. Right. Well, and you, and some people secretly want to do it. it everyone, uh, like out of ten people that you know, one of them plays D and D. Exactly. Exactly. And I would have to say, I guess around that time when Critical Role was really blowing up, um, it was pretty. What's the word? Exponentially kind of rising in the way everyone was playing. Right now, I think we're kind of flattening out a little bit with 5e being out for so long. Yeah. Um, but people are really getting into it, though. Yeah. Yep. So, um, anyway, uh, we cut ahead. Uh, we've played through multiple campaigns since then, since we, uh, we started out. Um, we successfully finished Curse of Strahd. Uh, Storm King's Thunder went for way longer. Um, we didn't finish that until... Uh, almost our scene or like end of our senior year. Storm Kings? Yeah. Storm Kings, yeah. Once uh, once pandemic Eric hit last year. <laughs> Pandemeric. Yeah, pandemic. Panderic. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good word. COVID nineteen. <laughs> and demonetized on YouTube. <laughs> Dang it. Uh Anyways, the yeah, when when all of that hit, we had to finish our last session from our new apartment. You know, once we once we left college, which I will say, perfect setting. If you ever uh, had a, a boss fight in in Storm, Storm King's Thunder, thunder and rain. So yeah, cool. so part of part of the last encounter that I built for them because we finished Storm King's Thunder during uh, senior year, like the actual campaign book stuff, and I was like, well, we have to continue with these characters. Mm-hmm. We're not done at like twelve level, um, and so we kept going and going and going past to the point where we got up to level 14, 15 for the last session. And during our final session of Storm Kings, it was raining and lightning and thundering outside. Everybody came over. And right when I was like, Ugh, when I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this time Pepsi really does wonders. Um, but yeah, right whenever we got into that last session, everybody was over. And I was like, when we last left the left our adventures, when we last left Barrel in the Giant's Bane, mm-hmm. it was like, thundering outside you could hear the rain it was like this is the best setting for a final session <laughs> except for that uh what um firefighter eric couldn't be there 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely definitely transferring from being in person all the time to being uh half digital, half in person has been like tougher. Mm-hmm. But but you can it pretty well. Yeah, though. but you can make it any make it work any way you want, which is like a big thing for starting. Like don't think about the the minute details of D D, you know, like if you're gonna play on Roll Twenty or if you're gonna play in person, like just do it. Like that's when I started DMing, it was a random I think I could do this and yeah. then just started doing it one week off the bat. Absolutely. Um, so I think I think the just saying hitting the go button and just starting is the the massive first step into actually having your dream group come together, which I'd say is what we have now. Like we have yeah. pretty much I'd consider ours an almost perfect D and D group for what I want out of the yeah, game. Yeah, and, and since we've been playing Storm Kings, we've been consistent. Uh, you know, th- there were a couple players that we dropped near the beginning, mm-hmm. but now it's uh, what us five, us six. Yeah, uh, six of us because you have five players and then me as the DM. Yep. And even when uh, the you know old Eric dropped out way in the beginning, I think it was only the first couple sessions, really. Yeah. Uh, so it didn't get too far. <laughs> yeah. So and. I mean, we're not even playing Storm Kings anymore, so we finished that, and now we're into, um, I'm running Descent into Avernus, but we play a bunch of other things, too, like, um, we, we switched turns, like, DMing and stuff, you know, we gave Zach hell for a couple of weeks when we played in the Eberron setting for a bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like, that, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, we, we've swapped some settings, and then we've, um, just played, like, with a lot of different ideas, and, you know, to this point, I think that... If any of us had to choose, like, one other form of entertainment that we have, or D&D, I'd always be like, well, I'm taking D&D. Mm-hmm. I'm doing that. Like, no, yeah. no way will I will I go back to watching TV on Saturdays. <laughs> I don't care if it's only once a week. Yeah, exactly. I don't care if we don't get to play it this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sit still and look at a wall until D&D comes back around. <laughs> bring me bring me my burrito, ma'am. <laughs> I gotta look, I gotta look at this wall till D and D starts. The problem is if I don't get my my D and D weekly fix at this point, I end up just reading the books or getting ideas and building more characters and just getting or just more talking about ideas. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it's you have to if you can't play it, you have to think about it. You have to read about it. It's, it takes over. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, tip number one for starting D and D is to start D and D. Yep. Yeah. So. If you only have one or two friends and you don't think you've got enough for a group, um, that's not a, a real pitfall. Like, I've run D&D for as few as two players before, and we've yeah. had a great time. Yeah. Um, well, and Drew, you might want to pull up like a little bit of your experience with running it for one person. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I first started back in college, I was getting absolutely obsessed with it so quickly. I just started reading through Seth's books and, and learning as much as I could, kind of like what Zach was talking uh-huh. about before, reading through all the monsters and just knowing as much as I could, which is frowned upon now, but um, I was a commuter. I wouldn't say frowned upon. Like, if you're, yeah. if you're really into the idea of DMing, go and read through that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. If, if that, that's your role that you want to take um, into just, it. Just if you're, you know, you have no aspirations for being a DM, you're just a forever player, um, then maybe chill with the... Yeah, like having, having yeah. those surprises come or- up organically and not knowing, like... I change a lot of the monsters now because I know, like, all of my players have DM'd before. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, uh, here's this creature. Remember, it's not the one from the monster manual. <laughs> I messed with it. Yep. Don't yep. use your meta knowledge. Don't be White Glove Eric, who <laughs> writes the hit points <laughs> of, the, of the monster because he remembers it because he read the books. Yeah, exactly. every monster's HP. Yeah, he did that, too. Did we tell you about White Glove Eric doing no. that? Yeah, what? <laughs> 
yeah, no. What he would do was he would keep his notebook and be like, "How many hit points was that again?" And then he you would be, he would like be behind in his notes and stuff. And like Zach asks for questions and notes and stuff, but it's not like you know a lot. It's uh-huh. just like, "Hey, can you repeat what that script was that you just read to me?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." No, White Glove Eric would sit there and be like, "Okay, slashing damage that was seven points, so okay." He probably has, like, 13 more points, like, 13 more HP left. Oh, the last one we killed had 26 HP. Seth, you said that he took 27 and he's not dead yet. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I wanted the combat to be a little more interesting, so I gave him five extra hit points. You okay with that? <laughs> I think it's hilarious that so many people take that angle of, you know, how's it looking? Or can I do this? Or can I finish it off? The way I look at it is, is it dead? No? I'm going to hit it again. <laughs> Just keep hitting it. It'll go down eventually. Yeah. But, so, um, yeah, so that that's not great. But if you uh, if you want to be a DM, uh, I mean that's my recommendation is read read the DMG, uh, read the the DM only sections of uh, you know Xanathar's guide and uh, read through a one to five like oh uh, for sure like Fandelver or what's the the Ice Spire Peak mm-hmm. one is that Dragon one? of Ice Spire yeah Peak. Dragon of Ice Spire Peak uh, or Dragon Heist I mean those are those are all great starting points right and so if you're uh, a new uh, person to D and D, you want to get into DMing. I think that's probably my uh, my best recommendation, the best product on the market. Read today. the player's handbook. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely, player's absolutely. handbook. Um, but if you want to DM uh, a group, uh, the D and D Essentials Kit, you can get it at Walmart or Target. It's like fifteen bucks, um, super and, cheap. Yeah, and that's a great place to start. It's got uh, just a ton of resources. It's got like cute little uh, magic item cards you can hand out to your players yeah. and. Uh, just all the bells and whistles comes with dice. So that, yeah, I'd say having a player's handbook handy, like and with someone, one of your players or you has one, and then picking up some like the start, the essentials kit like that. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that that's a perfectly easy starting point that's not going to break the bank because, as we all know, with having you know hundreds of dollars of books on our shelves and having a whole shelf dedicated to <laughs> D or a whole bookcase like related to D and D, then. Uh, Definitely, definitely, we we put the money into it, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Bare minimum, if you if you want to play D and D, spend twenty, what, maybe thirty bucks in a player handbook yeah. nowadays, depending on what platform you get it, and then pick a platform which you're gonna play. So whether that's Theater of the Mind, um, Roll Twenty, or some other platform, on a board in person, single book, and you're good to go. Yeah, right. So um, I guess we can talk Print about that sheets. that a little bit. So um, when we started D and D. Uh, we were playing with minis and grids because that's what Lanky Eric had available yeah. to him. But they were all like very generic, you know, from an old board game that he had. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't have fancy minis or fancy anything. Yeah, uh, we had we had a selection of minis that were from like an old what was it, a Magic the Gathering board game or something. I, I, that I think had. it was uh, it was D and D. It was D and D Dungeon Command. Yeah, um, yeah. He had like an old copy of that, and so he just pulled out like. He had up to, I think, a large mini, mm-hmm. and then all, anything that was huge and above, we just kind of had to imagine it, or like, get something yeah. like a, a Pepsi can to signify the creature we were fighting. <laughs> uh, he would build, that was something I thought he did really well when we would play, is he would build out our environments with like pencils and stuff, uh-huh. so we could really picture them. Um, yeah. And I, I did appreciate that a lot, of being like, okay, I can I can picture this better whenever the, the room is built out in something, like... Uh, pencils or pennies or like an old tic-tac box yeah <laughs> this and, and, and so that was a lot of fun um but if you don't have access to something like that uh theater of the mind uh, like drew was saying where um yeah it, it puts a little bit more on the dm to keep uh, a Be general very descriptive yeah a, an idea of where things are placed but um but ultimately that could work very well uh, just depending on your group as well yeah. or uh 
a virtual tabletop like Roll20 or, um, I know, Tailspire is something that a lot tabletop of people Tabletop Simulator. Yeah, Tabletop Simulator. Uh, anything like that, definitely. Uh, and we've even used Roll20 um, like in our in-person sessions, too, yeah. from time to time, before we uh, got like a, a mat a to draw mat. on. Yeah, a dry erase mat is what we kind of use now. And yeah. uh, for our digital players that play with us, though, who don't live in our area, we actually have an overhead camera that points down uh, towards our uh, dry erase battle map that we use for most things. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll go uh, a little more in-depth and, you know, pull out a, an actual paper map that signifies everything. Mm-hmm. But most of the time we're dealing with, like, drawings or just imagining what the landscape looks like as I describe it. Um, and, yeah, it really just depends on the session to session. But, like we said, like, we have the money to put into that. It, if you're just starting, like, fresh, fresh, like we were in college, uh, battle map for $10, $15, um, essentials kit for like 15 bucks and then a player's handbook from someone. You just need one, but you can get more if you want them. Yeah. Uh, or, or even if you, you know, if you're broke, you don't have anything. A whiteboard. Yeah. A, a whiteboard, <laughs> uh, even, gr- uh, graph paper and uh-huh. pennies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all you need. Your graph paper, uh, to keep track of where things are, pennies to use as your, as your miniatures. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can play completely free. Like, um... If if you someone has a copy of like the the digital versions of the books or something, you know, have them show it to you so you can make your characters. Mm-hmm. When I when I first started, uh, and I got absolutely obsessed, and I started uh, a campaign with my one friend who was not in person. It was a, a remote one yep. person game. It was crazy. I started off with I got a poster board and I actually gridded it out, like for a uh, what you call the dry erase boards. Yeah. I gritted out and I used pennies and, and dimes. And then if you if you saw the quarter or the half dollar come out, you knew it was a big boss coming out. It was really yeah. it was a big deal. <laughs> it was a big deal. Um, you just kind of just kind of make it work. Whatever you have. I went to Walmart and I got erasers for like the river and mm-hmm. certain colored erasers were buildings. And it was <laughs> it was really overly complicated. Honestly, uh, you needed a key to kind of know what the map was. Yeah. But pick anything. Like Seth was saying, use tic tac box. Use erasers. Use uh, if you want to get a dry erase board, do it. You can get a piece of paper and a pencil and just draw a little map on it if you have to. I mean, to this day, we still use dice boxes for flying creatures, like, mm-hmm. to stack them on. <laughs> like, old clear things that we have to, like, stack them on. Like, oh, they're higher than that? Well, here's a bottle. Yeah. Uh, like, something we can put it up on top of. So, I mean, e- even going that far, it's... Uh, just get creative with it. That's what D&D is. And take that as innovation, too. If there's anything you can think of, a, a prop or an idea, music, uh, a smell. I know they have candles now that make it smell like a certain environment. We're totally buying some of those. Oh, and then we'll try them out and we'll talk about them. <laughs> I keep getting those advertised to me on Instagram. I almost bought one I'm just yesterday. saying, yeah, you always come this close, right? Uh-huh. Well, yeah, because I'm running Salt Marsh uh, in a little bit here. But none of them were, like, super... I Nothing was something that I wanted to pull out for that yet. Yeah. So... Um, but come on, wouldn't it be so cool to have like that that good like sea salt smell of, like we're all in the ocean or something? Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know that that nice coastal smell, and we're like, ooh, I feel the game. <laughs> pull up, pull up a picture of the ocean on the TV. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and just, just for gigs, I want to get like a really bad kind of like like crusty swamp, like something yeah. really, really gross smelling. No, th- th- I want that's blood. Kind of what I want? I want <laughs> a blood and guts candle while you guys are on the <laughs> battlefield. You know. Yeah. You're going into a, a really crazy encounter, and I light the candle as soon as Newt does his finishing blow. 
Which, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we, we mentioned that. We are actually currently in Descent into Avernus. Yeah. I don't know if we mentioned that. But Crazy. Very, very different kind of landscape. Different smells, different uh, visuals. Uh, very different from Forgotten Realms and, I guess, Greyhawk. I mean, it is Forgotten Realms mm-hmm. still. But, yeah, going into Avernus, like, starting with those layers of hell, which we've never really dealt in, delved into, like, a lot of other planes before, uh-huh. is crazy stuff. Um, and, yeah, and I would, I would strongly recommend the Avernian remix of the of the campaign if you happen <laughs> to be running that. That guy's got, like, some crazy changes to the campaign. From personal experience, run a module. Run something that's pre-made. My first time running anything, I made it all up. It was with one person, all homebrew stuff. The class itself was homebrew. It was... It was idiotic. I went so far out of the way to make it uh, creative when I could have just used a module and made it so much mm-hmm. simpler and easier, more fun for the players. Well, yeah, and, and I was just about to say, um, so I know there's a lot of debate over whether or not you should use home, uh, homebrew or uh, just use a module. That's a good point. Um, for our D&D group, we've definitely leaned more heavily uh, on running modules. Um, just for uh, lack of time, yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, we all have adult, adult big boy jobs we gotta uh-huh. handle. Um, so, and that's another thing uh, about D and D is it is a time investment. So you do um, you do have to do it for the love of the game and uh, to get to hang out with your buds. Because uh, um, I mean, I know I still wouldn't be talking to firefighter Eric if uh, if we weren't still exactly, playing D and D. Exactly. So. Um, well, and I I mean the big thing for me is I just like getting my virginity back every week. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, that's that's never gonna stop. Yep. You know, <laughs> I get to get it and lose it, and get it and lose it. Like, not what other hobby gets you gets you that benefit? <laughs> I couldn't name I one. I can't think of one. Warping, maybe. Mm, maybe uh, it ministry. Might work. Ministry. You don't get forgiven every week. <laughs> it's okay that you had sex, son. Just don't do it again. Oof. Ooh. Father, I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we get into our political side of the podcast. No, 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 no. Uh, c- Cut that part out, roll no, it back. These, <laughs> <laughs> these are all jokes. Don't cancel me on episode one. <laughs> or do. Uh, later we'll we'll talk about uh, Holy Eric. Oh, uh, yeah, Holy Eric. Holy Eric. Oh, man, good times. <laughs> do we want to explain the gig of Eric's, or do we just want to leave it at this? I think, no, I think this is perfect. Why, why do they need to know where Eric came from? Mm-hmm. You're right, you're right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And just treat Eric as an unnamed person. You don't get to know their name. <laughs> they're all different unique Eric's. Yeah, they're all di- yeah, each Eric has a different, like, adjective or, or whatever before it. Uh, also, if your name is Eric, that's cool. You're an NPC. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to let you know. <laughs> this is how you had to find out. Oh, like a good, oh, like a good NPC done. with a cool voice and everything. Maybe it's a couple class levels, you know. Yeah, a good NPC you want to talk to, like right. a, like a, a fun shopkeeper, or yeah. a knoll, <laughs> or, or, or yeah, or a knoll. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Or or a guy guarding a watchtower with a red cap on his head, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. as soon as he tries to run away, he gets killed. By me. (laughs) (laughs) Hypothetically, this didn't happen, of course. Not in the last session. Um, What else do we do? Is there anything else we need to go over for, like, starting up your first group? I guess, like, we can kind of go over what we think constitutes our group being great, you know? Because because for me, it's, one, I mean, we're all all super close, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, I'd say playing with people you're very close with instead of, you know, a bunch of strangers... 
you know, while, while that can work, you can meet these strangers, play with them, and, um, you know, shoot the shit back and forth and have a good time and make friends, uh, playing with friends that we've all, we already were, like, super close to and knew that we're gonna be there every time and that we trusted, like, changed the game for us. Mm-hmm. Um, our first group was very fun, and we, yeah, uh, Zach and I became way closer friends because of it, but, um, likewise, only one other person from that game still, I think, even like we we even associate with. Right. Well, and, and so to speak more on that, it, it's um, it's okay to let friendships and you know the natural <laughs> relationships you have with uh, with your D and D group take their course. So, yes. um, if you know you have uh, real life problems with uh, with an individual, that transfers over to the game. Um, I, I know it's a popular yeah, and just to say by, now. By the personal um, way that the game works, the game is a very personal game. You're pretend, you know, yeah, you're pretending to be someone else, but you're still you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, those, so, it, it, that will transfer and affect the game. Yeah, so like you know, the horror stories you may have uh, read on Reddit or whatever, those do happen in person too. Uh, and so well, we would never experience them, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, but uh, so if you need to move on, uh, you need to move on and. If you need to, you know, text everyone you know and ask them to play D anD D with you, um, <laughs> that that's a uh, that's somewhere you can uh, you can turn to uh, as well. So uh, we didn't start with the perfect group. Um, no. It took years of playing and, and, and meeting people. people. Yeah, and you know, playing in different games with the same and people, hating the people that are still a part of your perfect group. I think there's a point in the game <laughs> where I despised someone at some point where I was like <laughs> broccoli, Eric. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. There was points where I was like, "Man, are we still playing with broccoli, Eric?" And then, bro- bro- <laughs> and then broccoli, Eric was still. We were all still like, "Yeah, we're definitely still playing with broccoli, Eric. He's part of the game, of course. You know, we're, there's no way we, he can ever be out of it. You yeah. know, it might um, sound kind of odd, but when when you first start, do not get discouraged. Yeah. Give it a go. Give it a try. If the first time you play, it just didn't feel right. Maybe the people you were playing with just didn't bounce off each other. Or maybe you suck as a DM. It's possible. I know I did. We've all sucked. We are, we've definitely all sucked. <laughs> yep. So keep trying. Play a couple different games. Run it a different way. Pick up a different style. Maybe swap out some players. See you know, if more people want to play. Mm-hmm. Just try some different things and don't give up after the first game if, if you're not super into it. Yeah, and, and you know, there are some people you run into that you'll play D&D with who are like, Eh, it's not for me. And uh, I've learned that the hard way. Some people, you just can't get them to play D&D with you, and that's okay. And not even that, you can't get them to play D&D. I don't want to say correctly, but like you, you, you definitely meet people who play D&D in a way that you do not accept. Well, right. So there's, um, there's styles, yeah. uh, plenty of different ways. Uh, you know, every table's different. So if you meet a player and they don't really gel with your table, it's okay to say, well, this has been fun. Uh, thank you for, for playing D&D it's with me. It's not you, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it's you. We're all still going to play without you. Yeah. It's uh, maybe maybe we'll, we'll have an episode about breaking up with your D&D friends. Oh my god, we definitely have to do that. <laughs> That would be, be heartbreaking if it was someone long-term. I mean, we've... Not that Zach and I have done it, but we definitely have. Uh-huh. <laughs> him, a, a lot him, of them. Him more so than me. Mm-hmm. Like, he's had to make the hard decisions. I just got to talk about the people behind their backs. <laughs> yeah, you do make some hard, uh, some hard decisions. I especially think I, as a DM. I definitely made a couple of hard decisions of having to have the conversation with players. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, it's tough. 
Yeah. And, and it is, um, I think it is part of the role uh, of the DM to facilitate, okay, um, talk talk with your players, uh, suss out, okay, someone did something that made uh, me a little uncomfortable last session. Yeah. Uh, how does everyone feel about this? Yeah, that's a big, continue? I didn't even think about that. But yeah, that's huge. Is like, I have table rules that uh, I don't have to tell our current group any rules like they know how to play D&D. Like I, there's there's never a point when I'm like, hey, that was a little inappropriate. You know, mm-hmm. we'll all be like, oh, I don't like that joke. And then it's, it continues. <laughs> well, just, well, yeah, just it, being it, a it, joke. <laughs> it, if someone uh, says something now with our current group, we say, hey, uh, don't say that. Yeah. Well, and, and it's that easy, though. Like yeah, the person yeah. never says it again. It's not like we have to sit to the side and be like, hey, man, we really need you to stop this. That's never we've never had to have that conversation mm-hmm. with anyone. So, um, so it's nice to be in that situation, but if you're not, then you know, yeah, that it is on it's on the DM, but it's also on all the players at the table too. Yeah, to especially voice. if like one of your players like you know brought this person in, you know, uh-huh. it's like, hey, can my friend play? Sure, have him come make a character with me, and they end up being horrible. They've got a little bit of that responsibility too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I think everyone at the table has a little bit of that. You have to make sure you're speaking up. If people are doing something super weird, it's making everyone else uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. If you keep playing with that person, you're just playing games that no one wants to be around at that point. Uh, cringing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm cringing just thinking about things we've been through. Don't that, that, that'll be <laughs> that'll be an upcoming episode. Actually, uh-huh. <laughs> Def- definitely we'll have to talk about just like the war art. Our player horror stories. Uh-huh. Um, there's definitely not enough time in in the first thing to, <laughs> to go over that because that's a that's a whole like three like a trilogy to itself. <laughs> well, we, we'll, we, we'll have different sagas. I was gonna say we had the <laughs> episode one white glove Eric. <laughs> I have a I have a good one with cannibal Eric. If I've ever told you. That oh story. my god, I know about cannibal Can- Eric. Cannibal Eric? I, yeah. I don't recall. We'll, we'll we'll talk about it a later episode. But it's, uh, it's, it was quite a session. Gotcha. Quite a session. Oh, you know what. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, building up all this table talk lore is going to be great. Uh uh (laughs) Um, So, does anyone have any closing thoughts for this episode? I feel like we're 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 getting towards the end here. Nike, just do it. Just (laughs) not sponsored yet. Well, could possibly. Yeah, maybe by the time the episode comes out, we will be sponsored. You know? Yeah. By by the time it comes out, I'm like, hey guys, buy our. Get good sandals. <laughs> Get good D and D sandals. Yeah, buy, buy. Uh, maybe we'll have some Eric merch. Yeah, yeah, that'll be great. We need some Eric shirts or something like I'm blank Eric or like my name is something Eric. Mm-hmm. You know, Eric with a K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, Eric. it has to be with a K. Mm-hmm. Oh well, listener Eric. Listener oh, that, that's a good Eric. one. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm listener Eric. Yeah, yeah. Like audience Eric or like I'm part of the Eric's. You know, uh-huh. I'll like just keep it Eric. Keep it, Eric? Just like, keep it straight. Keep it, Eric. (laughs) That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. uh, So, I mean, this has been episode one of Table Talk. I mean, we did did pretty good. I think, what, totally made it like 40 minutes of full stuff because I had left it recording at the beginning. Okay. yeah, that's that pretty good, you know. That's pretty good. Chop it up. Make sure that every time we say Eric, it's replaced with something else, like bees. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm one of the bees. Lanky we'll bees. We'll have to sit down and decide what we're going to talk about next week. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess let's just roll a d20 and see what we get, and, and we'll click the stop button. Ooh, not a good episode, boys. We could have done better. <laughs> Don't tune in next week. Roll your, roll your performance check. All right, let's recommend another podcast for you to listen to. <laughs> and stop.